0: And thank you so much for joining us for Market Sense. I'm Heather Hedges with Fidelity. If you're watching us live, today is Tuesday, December 12th, and the Fed is meeting for the last time in 2023 right now as we speak. And as they decide what to do about rates, of course, they're going to be weighing this morning's inflation report, which found U.S. consumer prices unexpectedly rose in November. Also, they'll be weighing the latest jobs numbers as well. So to talk about these latest economic headlines is Urien Timmer, Fidelity's director of Global Macro. And of course, you don't need me to tell you that it is the holidays and most of us are making our lists and checking them twice. And today we're going to be going through some helpful end-of-the-year financial to-do checklists and the important money deadlines that need your attention right now. So we've got Randell Lenore with us today to walk us through the investment conversations that she's having with her team of financial consultants. She's a Chicago-based branch leader. Welcome to both of you. Good to be here. Happy holidays, everyone.
1: Happy holidays. Nice to see you both.
0: (laughs) Happy holidays to you both. And before we begin, just a reminder to our viewers out there, uh, you can submit your questions to Randell and Yuri, and I don't need to be the only one asking them the questions here. You can comment on LinkedIn, YouTube, or on our website if you're watching us live. And we take those questions. We're not going to ask them today, but this is what's exciting. We've got our 2024 Outlook special coming up in January, and we're looking for questions to ask our team of financial experts for that special edition of Market Sense. So submit those questions now, and some of them might be used on that show, which is coming up on Tuesday, January 9th at our usual time of 2 o'clock. So mark your calendars. We're really excited about that special edition. And with that, let's get to it. As I said off the top of the show here, a lot of breaking economic uh, news to digest right now, the most recent being this morning's inflation report. So the question on everybody's minds right now, Urian, who's watching this is, you know, how will this impact what the Fed does tomorrow?
1: Yeah, so we got the CPI report this morning. Uh, Came in slightly stickier than expected, but Still, you know, okay. Um, the overall index rose one tenth instead of being flat, um, and so the year-over-year number is three point one percent. And for the core CPI, which strips out food and energy, not that we don't consume food and energy, but uh, it's closer to four percent. And the what we call the core PCE index—not to throw all these acronyms at you—but that is another inflation measure that was released about a week or two ago. That's the Federal Reserve's Favorite, um, you know, favorite metric. That one is at three and a half. Um, so, a year and a half ago, the CPI was at nine percent, and the core PCE was at five point six percent. So, regardless of this, you know, very small uptick uh, this, the you know, uh, for this month, the numbers have been going in the right direction. So, from nine to three. From 5.6 to 3.5, uh, obviously, is a good result. It's not 2, which is the Fed's um, uh, target. And of course, 3.5 or 4 is still higher than it was a year ago. So it's still a problem, but it's moving in the right direction. And the Fed, of course, is following that same inflation curve. And it's interesting, you know, if you look at uh, a couple of years ago, when inflation was at 9, the Fed was at Basically 0%. And now that inflation's at three and a half, uh, the Fed is at uh five and a half. So the Fed is following that curve. And the notion is that after a lot of rate hikes, five and five, you know, over five hundred basis points of rate hikes in just a year and a half, not even a year and a half, um, things are moving in the right direction, and the Fed can afford to take a pause here. And of course it has been pausing. It hasn't raised rates in several months now. And the expectation is that when it concludes its meeting tomorrow, so it, it, you know, every quarter the Fed has a two day meeting and this is one of them. So they're meeting today and tomorrow and they will release, you know, what's called the dot plot and their updated economic projections, et cetera. So the, 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 the sense in the market is that the Fed is done raising rates and that really, it, it now is a question of will they give back some of these rate hikes, and if they do, when will they do it, and how much? And maybe that's still a bit premature to be having that conversation because the inflation numbers are still above the Fed's target. But at some point, uh, if the numbers keep moving in the right direction, uh, it's a logical conversation to have that whether you know, in terms of should the Fed be still as restrictive as it is given that things are now moving in the right direction and that the economy is is slowing somewhat.
0: Okay, what's your thoughts overall as we get ready to end this year on the whole question of whether we're going to have a recession or not anymore? You know, there's been uh, increasing data that seems to point that a soft landing seem, you know is seemingly a little bit more possible now. Obviously, the soft landing would be uh, bringing down inflation without the Fed triggering a recession. Is this the point now where we can call it that that we are going to be able to to execute that and have a soft landing or does this inflation data get in the way a little bit of that you're in uh
1: no the i mean the infl- i mean it would have been better to have you know, a zero increase in the CPI but i don't think it necessarily gets in the way if it gets in the way it's really in how long does the fed stay up here and how quickly can it start to reduce rates a little bit so i think that's really the main thing about the inflation Uh, Data, But overall, you know, you raise a good point, which is about this soft versus hard landing. And at the beginning of this year, you know, we were all at least, you know, people in my in my business were all hand wringing about uh, will will the recession happen this year, you know, 2022, of course was about rising rates, um, and and that reset the markets, both the bond market and the stock market. Stock market had a 28% decline, uh, but the economy was fine. And so then the thinking was, okay, now the yield curve is inverted, meaning short rates had moved above long rates. And historically, that's been a pretty accurate signal that a recession would come next, although the timing of that signal is notoriously all over the place, uh, but that was the thinking, generally speaking, among my peers uh, going into this year. And now coming out of this year, it's really the soft landing scenario is the one that is the most prominent. And the question is, you know, has the Fed stuck the landing? Like, you know, soft landings don't happen very often. Uh, hard landings are more common because usually when the Fed raises rates a lot, like it has done so far. Um, something breaks you know the economy breaks and then the fed has to cut rates but for the wrong reasons because we're then in a recession so right now the market is assuming that uh, a soft landing is here and there are good reasons to make that assumption you know a- as we've talked about in the past uh, large chunks of the economy are less sensitive to interest rates than they have been because just taking US homeowners, you know, a lot of people locked in a 3% mortgage a couple of years ago, uh, and for 30 years. And, and so th- those folks are not feeling the the pinch as much of rising rates, unless they have to move, of course, and buy a new house and, and get a 7% mortgage instead. Another part, uh, another angle to this is that the labor markets became so tight after COVID, right? Because people had dropped out of the labor force that the starting point of, Kind of the drawdown in in excess labor demand uh, that the Fed really is betting on in order to contain inflation, uh, the starting point is so high. It's coming from such a level of overcapacity that um, th- the same amount that normally could trigger recession in this case so far is only causing what you know what we could describe as a soft landing. So. That may all change next year. Who knows what the <laughs> conversation will be? But right now, this is what the market is betting on. And that means that uh, it's really already priced into the stock market. And that's why the stock market is, is at relatively robust levels right now.
0: So the uh, will be a soft landing storyline continues into 2024 likely. All right, Urien, thank you for that. Um, so you, as we're entering the, the final stretch of the year now, we did want to have a conversation today As responsible investors hear about some important money deadlines to watch for as we near the end of the year here, and and it truly could be costly for investors who aren't paying attention to these deadlines, and that's why we want to put them on your radar today. So that's why we brought Randell in uh, today, and Randell, I was hoping you could first come up with some of the items that should be on our financial to-do list this time of year.
2: Yeah, first thing that comes to mind are those folks out there who have balances in their flexible savings accounts or FSAs. And let's say you have a balance and you don't know what you're going to do with it because if you don't use that money, it's essentially going to be forfeited to your employer. That's why we call these accounts those use it or lose it accounts. Um, But some flexible savings accounts have some compatibilities that you can research um, with your health savings accounts or HSAs or dependent care FSAs that you can consider. Um, So before you spend, maybe call your benefits department to see if there's something that you can do to shift that over, if there's compatibility there. And the other thing is some employers do allow you to move over a portion of your flex savings account from this year into the next year, but only sometimes is that available. And even when it is, it's only a small amount. So make sure that you're looking at that number one.
0: All right, we'll take... Take it from somebody who did lose the money in my FSA account when I was younger. I was just starting out and I wasn't quite as in tune to this kind of stuff as I am now. You don't want to do that. It's just a terrible feeling to lose that money. And one way that you can actually spend down that money is you can actually use FSAs as stocking stuffers, but only for eligible family members. But that's just an idea that I'm throwing out there for anybody who still has money left in their FSA account. You could use it for massage tools, face wash, right, Randell? All right. Let's talk about also what we should be thinking about accomplishing right now to get our finances in order for next year. And I know that this can sort of be sort of overwhelming trying to get organized. So what what should we all think about and be accomplishing yes. right now?
2: So if you don't have a pen and a piece of paper, I'm going to encourage you to, to grab one. I'm going to mention a few things or catch the replay, but I'm going to go through them um, quickly. Uh, the first thing you want to check is your contributions. So for your employer funds, like your, your employer retirement accounts, like 401ks, your Roth IRA, IRAs, HSAs, um, they have contribution limits. want to check in and make sure that you're maximizing those, those tax savings along the way. Um, and with that, and you're looking into 2024, a lot of us are familiar with this concept of auto savings, particularly if you have an employer retirement account like a 401k. Money comes out of your paycheck. It goes directly into the account and it's invested for you. Uh, the, that concept of automation that really helps us do so many great things with, with um saving for retirement, saving for a lot of different things. OK, did you know that you can do the same thing, auto invest? different types of accounts. So you're thinking about different types of IRAs or even um, taxable brokerage accounts. You have the capability of doing that at a lot of major investment platforms like Fidelity. So when you look forward to maximizing your full tax benefit, and IRAs and maybe some other savings that you have, look into that so that you can make sure that you're taking advantage of, you know, Yuri was talking about that safe, safe land, soft landing, I mean, and all these different things that are coming up. You make sure that you have a process or plan to really seize that for next year. And then a few more things I run through. Check your beneficiaries, make sure you have beneficiaries on your account, okay? Put your important documents in one place. I'm talking about your, your healthcare proxy, your uh, power of attorney, your will, um, even a list of your accounts and passwords. Make sure it's all in one place collected. Insurance documents all in one place to, and collected. Make sure your trusted person knows where to find them in case something happens to you. And one more thing uh, to think about here, emergency savings, not everyone's favorite topic, but Yurian was just talking about inflation, right? Is it still the appropriate amount of money for you and your situation? Did your, your did your price of living increase or decrease? Check in to make sure that's in a good place. And lastly, especially if this list is overwhelming for you, it's OK. Check in with a financial profess- professional, Um, once a year, just like you check in with a doctor, or dentist. Hopefully it's free. Let us help you sort through these things and make sure that you're going into 2024 in an outstanding shape for what's to come.
0: I like that. Get your annual financial checkup, so to speak. Um, let's talk about bonuses. You know, for anybody lucky enough to get a year-end bonus, is there anything that we can do right now, Randall, to try to reduce the tax impact of that bonus?
2: Sure. Bonuses are typically taxable at this flat rate of 22%. And that means if your tax rate is higher than that, you're being undertaxed. And being under tax means that you can probably expect the IRS to be like, where's my money (laughs) later on, unless you employ some tax strategy. So let me give you a few ideas to think about. Um, First, this is giving season. A lot of people are thinking about giving right now. So if you're into charitable giving, giving, one thing that you can consider is a donor advised fund. And what that allows you to do is to put money, stock, assets, different things into this account. And it's saved and invested for a future time that you're going to donate money to a charity of your choice. So that's the long run. But in the short run, it's immediate tax deduction, right? So you can do two things at once, save on taxes and give to different um, businesses or charities in your community that you care about. Um, And taxes are highly, highly situational. So you want to check with your financial professionals and tax professionals about some of this stuff. But you can also check to make sure that you're maximizing your tax benefited accounts like your 401k, your IRA and HSA to reduce your taxable income. Um, You could maybe even ask your employer for a deferred bonus payment if that's the situation. But the time is now to check in on all of that stuff, like much of this stuff. Uh, say for the IRAs, needs to be handled before the end of the year. Okay. And on
0: that note, you know, one thing that is paramount when it comes to to making sure you've got everything in place is making sure that all of your investment accounts are organized and easily accessible. And sometimes that does mean consolidating accounts. You know, I talked before Randell about how that can be a little bit overwhelming. So do you have any tips for getting organized?
2: Yeah, if you wanted to do any of the things I was talking about before, like it's going to be stressful and messy if your accounts are all over the place. Let's say um, you have a bunch of statements, tax statements coming in in the mail and in your inbox and you can't make heads for tails for them. Or let's say you want to rebalance and reallocate, which we think, you know, we believe that that's an important part of managing your investments. Imagine this, you have to have you have to be logged into different types of accounts all at the same time. Maybe an app thrown in there. Maybe you have to be an Excel wizard so that you can balance, okay, what trade goes here versus there? And it's a lot to get done, right? Another thing is if you need to update beneficiaries, if you changed your name, if uh, you need to update a trust, that requires being on the phone with a bunch of different places. I hate being on the phone with customer service. So, And who wants to do more than they have to, right? Right. 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 So make it easy for yourself with all of that. I mean, that's just the stress and the time involved. We're not really talking about the lost potential for growth with your money. So if your money is in all these different places, the likelihood that it's not working as hard as it can for you is, is pretty high. So I want all of my people (laughs) that's you who's watching this right now to be to go into 2024 organized and less stressed out. And one of the best ways to do that is to consider putting all of your accounts and assets in one place, one call, one login, you know, one one form to update. And did you know that if you choose to put all of your assets in one place, consolidate, sometimes you can even save on fees and commissions as well. So it benefits you on the bottom line immediately. Um, But it's a great idea to consider when you're going into 2024. You want your money to work better for you before you make any significant changes, though. Talk to a, a financial professional because you want to make sure that you're not creating any weird tax situation. So just check with somebody before you make major changes, but it's something to consider.
0: All right. Well, it feels good being one of your people, Randall. You take good <laughs> care of us. And I'm taking notes here. Um, and, and you were just talking about consolidating accounts. So that brought another question in my mind about, you know, when we're shuffling our money around, I'm wondering, does it matter what investments we're holding where? For example, I've got my sixty forty portfolio, right? Does it matter what part of that I'm holding in my four hundred one k versus a taxable account? Euan, maybe maybe you're uh, you know a a good person to ask this question of.
1: Yeah, I I mean, sixty forty for me is a target date uh, uh, account or fund, and I have that in my four hundred one k. But generally speaking. I think of it as, you know, what am I more likely to trade? Not that I trade very much at all, um, because in a taxable account, obviously, you're going to incur taxes whenever you sell something uh, or if it's a tax loss. Um, And also, you know, is it is the is the. Investment, a taxable. Right? If, you're, if I'm buying Muni bonds, there's no point in having it in my IRA because I'm not going to pay taxes on those anyway. So I'm more likely to have stocks in an IRA and Muni bonds in a, in a in a taxable brokerage account, for instance. So there's m- many different variables, but that's kind of how I divide and conquer the different accounts that I have.
0: Okay, that's really helpful, Urien. Thank you. Um, we've Got to wrap up this conversation. But quickly, Randell, I did want to ask you about anything else on our to do list that has a deadline attached to it. You know, one thing that, I, that I'm working on right now is trying to gather all of my employer receipts for things that my employer reimburses me for. Can you kind of run through some of the the big ones along those lines that we might not want to forget oh, yeah. right now?
2: That wellness reimbursement is something that evades me every single year. So think about your fitness class, subscriptions, even apps or, or things like you There's a very popular bike everyone's getting this year and there's a subscription associated with it, commuter receipts, um, dependent care, costs, mileage, collect it all together and make sure that you're taking advantage of the benefit that your employer is providing to you. And the last one I could think about is PTO paid time off. So make sure you're checking your balances. Um, Make sure you know exactly how much can be rolled over into the next year, because if you exceed that, the bottom line is you're losing money. The bottom line is you're losing yeah. money. And please take your PTO, right? It's good yeah. for you. It's good for your family. It's good for the people working around you. Like, hey, you know, you need a break. Go away for a while, right? So just just make sure that you're maximizing that benefit, both for your personal wellness, for you and your family, but also financial wellness.
0: Yep. And your time is money. All right, Randell, thank you. And just to recap, we've got that checklist on your screen right now. Take some notes you know, put some boxes next to it and check them off and uh, cross them off and feel, you know, like you've accomplished something uh, after you go through that list. Also, just a quick reminder that we did cover tax and charitable donation end of the year strategies that you might find useful on our past two weeks uh, episodes of Market Sense, the the past uh, episodes from the last two weeks, I should say. And you can find those on Fidelity's YouTube page if you look for Market Sense or on our website. All right. Um, before we go quickly, let's do a quick Timmer's take. What are you watching right now, Yurian?
1: Well, the year's coming to a close. I think we've gotten a lot of the major uh, data releases. So before we know it, it'll be January, which means that fourth quarter earnings season will come up uh, in the second week of January. And that will be, again, it'll be the focus, right? It's earnings, interest rates. Interest rates are driven by inflation. Earnings are driven by the economy. And It's the same conversation over and over, and we will have it again uh, very soon.
0: Wash, rinse, and repeat. You're in. Good note to end it on. Just a reminder, for more personal finance and investing ideas sent straight to your inbox, take out those camera phones, point them at the QR code on your screen right now, and that's going to take you to the page for Viewpoint Subscriptions. Viewpoints is our weekly newsletter that is totally free. We've got a team of financial journalists who uh, come up with some really great ideas for you on Viewpoints. And all you got to do is provide your email. Also, if you have any questions about making a financial plan or sticking with it, Fidelity can help. You can call us. You can reach out to us through our app, uh, or you can go online to our website to learn more. On behalf of Yuri and Timmer and Randell Lenore, I'm Heather Hedges. We will be back next week. However, that's going to be our last show of 2023. However, again, Please mark your calendars for that big 2024 Outlook show that we are gearing up for. That's going to be January 9th. Mark your calendars. Happy holidays, everybody. See you next week.
3: Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice. The information herein is general and educational in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Tax laws and regulations are complex and subject to change, which can materially impact investment results. Fidelity cannot guarantee that the information herein is accurate, complete, or timely. Fidelity makes no warranties with regard to such information or results obtained by its use and disclaims any liability arising out of your use of or any tax position taken in reliance on such information. Consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific situation. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. This podcast is provided for your personal non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. Information presented herein is for discussion and illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Views expressed are as of the date indicated based on the information available at that time and may change based on market and other conditions. Unless otherwise noted, the opinions provided are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Fidelity Investments or its affiliates. Fidelity does not assume any duty to update any of the information. To the extent any investment information in this material is deemed to be a recommendation, it is not meant to be impartial investment advice or advice in a fiduciary capacity and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for you or your client's investment decisions. Fidelity and its representatives may have a conflict of interest in the products or services mentioned in this material because they have a financial interest in them and receive compensation directly or indirectly in connection with the management, distribution, or servicing of these products or services, including Fidelity funds, certain third-party funds and products, and certain investment services. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification and or asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against loss. Stock markets are volatile and can fluctuate significantly in response to company, industry, political, regulatory, market, or economic developments. Investing in stock involves risks, including the loss of principal. Foreign markets can be more volatile than U.S. markets due to increased risk of adverse issuer, political, market, or economic developments, all of which are magnified in emerging markets. These risks are particularly significant for investments that focus on a single country or region fixed income investments entail interest rate risk as interest rates rise bond prices usually fall the risk of issuer or counterparty default issuer credit risk and inflation risk foreign securities are subject to interest rate currency exchange rate economic and political risks all of which are magnified in emerging markets it is not possible to invest directly in an index Fidelity Wealth Services provides non-discretionary financial planning and discretionary investment management through one or more Portfolio Advisory Services accounts for a fee. Advisory services offered by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC, FPWA, a registered investment advisor. Discretionary Portfolio Management Services provided by Strategic Advisors, LLC, Strategic Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Brokerage services provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, FBS, and custodial and related services provided by National Financial Services, LLC, NFS. Each a member NYSE, NSI, PC FPWA, FBS, and NFS are Fidelity Investments companies. This information is intended to be educational and is not tailored to the investment needs of any specific investor. Personal and workplace investment products are provided by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.